All right, our reading today is the fifth chapter of the book of Acts, and we're still following the ministry of Peter and John. And if you've read this chapter, you know we have here the sobering story of Ananias and Sapphira. And we read more accounts of the incredible boldness of these early believers. And from this chapter, I just want to make two brief points. The first is this, that the Holy Spirit is God. The Christian God is uh, a triune God, a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three persons in one God, each person truly God, and yet there is one God. And the Holy Spirit, just like Christ is fully God, truly God, the Holy Spirit is truly God. And in the chilling story of Ananias and Sapphira, Luke makes a remarkable uh, and clear claim for the deity of the Holy Spirit. Uh, when we study through the Gospel of John, you, you probably remember we saw John making much of the deity of Jesus, and here we have an equally clear emphasis on the deity of the Holy Spirit. Some who do not uh, hold to the doctrine of the Trinity uh, try and make the claim that the word Trinity never appears in the Bible, but the doctrine is so profusely illustrated and taught in other ways that it really takes willful blindness not to see it. Clearly the Father is God, and we have seen ample evidence that Jesus Christ is God in human flesh, and here we will see that the Holy Spirit of God and yet is God, and yet we, the Bible teaches that there is only one God. That, without question, is the doctrine of Trinity, the Trinity without ever using the word. In this instance, the previous chapter ended by telling us that great grace was on that early church in Jerusalem, Acts 4.33. And as a result, amazing things were happening among them. One example of that was the fact that many people uh, were selling property that they owned and bringing their profits um, to the apostles in order to be used to help those in need. That, that is just remarkable. Luke tells us that two of those who did this were Ananias and Sapphira. They sold some land and brought some of the prophets to the apostles and tried to claim that it was all of it. Luke makes it clear that Ananias did this in verse 2 with his wife's knowledge, indicating that this was a pre-planned and agreed-upon lie. Now, it, it, it's the lying that is really at issue here. It's not as if the apostles laid down a law and mandated that rich believers uh, sell their property and give all of their proceeds to the poor. I mean, I suppose that Ananias and Sapphira sold some property and uh, that had they done that and given half or three-quarters of the profits of the poor and had been honest about it, it would have been perfectly fine and generous. It was the fact that Ananias and Sapphira made a purposeful decision to deceive in order to make themselves look better and draw attention and glory to themselves. What Peter also indicates to them, though, in his response to what they did, is that when they lied about what they had given, they were not simply lying to the apostles, and they were not simply lying to the rest of the church, who were mere men, but to the Holy Spirit, who is God. Peter first asks Ananias, what motivated him to lie to the Holy Spirit? Verse, thir verse 3, so Ananias, what motivated you to lie to the Holy Spirit? Verse 3, and just so that Ananias is clear on what he means, he tells him in the very next verse, you have not lied to men but to God. The deity of the Holy Spirit could not be more clearly expressed than this. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, 
in the pages of Scripture, it is the voice of God that you hear. But secondly and finally, let's say something uh, else about um, the boldness again here. Uh, it's, an, it's, it's emphasized unmistakably again, just as in the last chapter. One of my favorite lines in all of Acts is found here in, in chapter 5. Recall that in the previous chapter, Peter and John were surrounded by the Jewish authorities and questioned about what kind of power that uh, they had in order to heal the lame man. Um, and when they said it was Jesus, it says in Acts 4.18, they charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. And at that point, uh, Peter and John tried to be somewhat diplomatic about it back in chapter 4 and said, well, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than uh, to listen to you rather than God, you must uh, judge um, uh, for we cannot but speak of what we've seen and heard. That's Acts 4, 19 and 20. Oh, and you catch the diplomacy in that answer. Well, they said, you, you be the judge of what the right thing to do is. Well, Peter and John didn't stop speaking or teaching in the name of Jesus. And remember that uh, near the end of the chapter, they all prayed together for God to grant them even more boldness to continue preaching and teaching despite the threats against them. And God answered their prayer and the Holy Spirit filled them and empowered them and they indeed continued to teach and preach. As a result, in our chapter for today, chapter 5, we read um, that uh, in verse 28, they had filled Jerusalem with their teaching. And it says in verse 14, more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Well, not surprisingly, the council came knocking on the door again, and this time it says they were beaten for their disobedience to the orders that they were given, verse 40. But this time Peter and John were not so diplomatic. They weren't, hey, you decide. They had given the council enough time to decide for themselves, and so this time Peter and John simply tell them, verse 29, we must obey God rather than men. And they rejoiced even when uh, they were beaten and uh, chastised because of their obedience to the Lord. I think what would our culture look like today um, if believers in the Lord Jesus Christ still possessed the bold passion and fortitude as these early disciples. God grant that we would be this bold. And those are some thoughts from Acts chapter 5.